back to the big green couch <laughs> we have your regular hosts here myself jake evan and rusty what's up guys hello hello <laughs> that was a wild hello i think everyone said hi at the same time <laughs> um and to- today i have a really really sensitive topic that we need to talk about very sensitive Evan, we need to have an intervention with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, as you listeners know, or if you don't know, you should know, okay, we have an Instagram and a YouTube channel that you should be checking out in addition to this podcast. And recently, Coach Evan has submitted videos for us for those platforms. And Jake and I have noticed that we think that you might be obsessed with ankle mobility. I am, and it, and it stems back to something. Mm. Let's get back to the root cause. What caused it, Evan? Why will oh. you never stop talking about ankle mobility every second? <laughs> <laughs> when I was doing my strength and conditioning internship with a, with a company that I will not name, um, they told me that I had to work on ankle mobility with all the athletes, and they explained why, and they explained that a lot of the, the kids that we worked with didn't have the ability to get into a deep squat. One of the reasons why was because of their ankle mobility was so poor. And a lot of the runners experienced that a lot. So I feel like that kind of translated over to me giving advice about ankle mobility and it actually proving to be successful for the client. Um, so yes, I am very very obsessed with ankle mobility when it comes to people who are really restricted people that aren't i'm like okay you're fine but like i've had so much success with it it just kind of became a big thing for me (laughs) it shows through we were just dying laughing because i'm pretty sure you had done an ankle mobility video at the very beginning of when we started all of this and then jake got another one and it was for youtube and then he's like, he's like, hey, didn't we already have a video like this of Evan? I was like, yeah, but it looks great, whatever. And we were both like, yeah, yeah. Then we just brushed it off. But then the third time it came through, Jake was like, I think we have a problem. And I was like, Evan seems to be obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk to him. <laughs> we're like, let's get a tip from Evan for Instagram. And what like did to- he give us? He gave us ankle, ankle mobility. mobility yet again. <laughs> didn't use it. This is the thing is I did a YouTube video. You didn't use it. I gave you an Instagram. You didn't use it. It's excuses because you filmed it in slow motion. I watched the video. That had had nothing to do with ankle mobility. That was the warm-up prior to... Well, the slow motion made the ankle mobility last for about seven minutes. (laughs) (laughs) What the new one? Listen, I would agree with you. Ankle mobility is great, okay? It's super important, and I'm glad that you're bringing it up, but it seems like regardless of how many times we decide not to post your videos, you will just keep coming back even stronger. I, well, I'll do it until you post it, and you posted it, so now I can't use it. Yeah, so. it, it's, there's another one going up today, so another plug for our Instagram account. If you guys want to see Evan's famous ankle mobility, check us out. Super simple, can be done in a minute. 
Amazing. We're going to have to start making this a thing where it's like anybody who has ankle mobility, you, you got to talk to Evan. Yep. That's, I mean, it's really simple to fix. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. So, you know, why not say it? You got to go to the specialist. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm a specialist. I just, I feel like it's super simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so easy that. <laughs> why not go for it? Why not do it? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I guess our intervention is over, and it turns out you were fine all along. Yeah. But. We're self-conscious now, but yeah, fine. (laughs) (laughs) On a side note, uh, you did mention athletes, and on the topic of that, the Olympics are still going on. I was thinking we could have a nice conversation on what's happening this year. Don't you think, guys? (laughs) i'll take that as a yes yeah that seemed really really exciting (laughs) brooke well i know you're excited so let's start with you yeah okay i do like talking about the olympics and i'll be honest i haven't paid that close of attention this year because i have no good reason i just keep forgetting (laughs) every morning i hear updates and i'm like oh yeah i really do want to watch the olympics tonight and then every night i just I eat dinner, and I watch an episode of TV, and I completely forget that the Olympics are even happening. It's a cycle that's happened every single day for the past two weeks, and I, it's it's too late now to get out of it, because I think they're over soon. <laughs> yeah, they, they are on the tail end, and I think that from uh, what I've been hearing from everyone is that because it's such a big time difference, it usually happens the day before in Japan that uh, people hear about the updates like first thing in the morning via social media or any other platform, and then to like watch it and kind of already know what happened or to even like try and block out time, you kind of spoiled it for yourself or even right. myself. Like I've been on Instagram and I've seen people post like how people meddled. I'm like, great, they ruined the gymnastics event for me. Like, now I feel like it's not even worth watching. Would you ever, or do you know anybody who stays up at night specifically to watch it? I don't think I know anybody that that goes that hard for it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I had a couple hockey friends the last Winter Olympics that, like, stayed up to, like, 1 or 2 in the morning to watch the men's Mm -hmm. ice hockey, which... Uh, I had to like watch it like the next morning and no one spoiled it for me, but yeah, that was commitment. Yeah. Yeah. They might've had a couple beverages to help (laughs) them stay awake. (laughs) Just, just a couple, two or three. Well, there, there have been some really interesting things that have happened at the Olympics. I mean, Brooke, you said that you were really excited, but I didn't really hear any excitement in your voice. So I'll take over. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Shooting (laughs) back this morning. All right, Evan, you, you take it away. (laughs) Uh, As you may know, Jake, this is the first year that skateboarding has made its way into the Olympics and uh, crowd favorite, I hope I'm not spoiling, spoiling anything, speaking of spoilers, uh, crowd favorite Nyjah Houston didn't actually place this year, who, if you keep up with sport, skateboarding, is like a huge name. Um, you know, he's one, probably one of the, he's probably next to Tony Hawk or even surpassed Tony Hawk at this point, right, Jake? Yeah, uh, I've actually been following him for quite some time, and he was a, a child superstar, a prodigy, 
um, competing in X Games and other uh, skate league tournaments at a very young age and always winning them and getting gold in multiple events. He's got tons of trophies and uh, this year he just, I guess he couldn't perform under the pressure or um, Yuto who actually won, he just, it seemed like he was absolutely perfect and on on point with uh, his run. So uh, it just really does come down to the Olympic stage. You have to perform at the exact right time. And I think that's really hard for people to understand that you don't get many tries at this. Even I think in the skateboarding, they got like roughly like um, three to five tries. I'm not sure. I think three, three heats or something like that or three trials. Mm-hmm. And a lot, like, obviously you got to try the harder moves to get a higher score. So it's kind of like the same thing with gymnastics. If you guys are familiar with that, whoever has like the harder routine scores higher, but then there's more risk with it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it was a uh, very interesting for that. And I know he got a ton of backlash, uh, with everyone on social media because he is very, uh, vocal with his lifestyle and he does show everything on social media so people were blaming it on his attributes outside of skateboarding which I don't think was the case whatsoever but people always like to point fingers in a certain direction so it is important to have good mental health when uh, you're competing in any event even if you guys are just doing a local race or anything doesn't really matter because you can't worry about what other people are going to think. You just have to worry about why you're doing it, why you're competing, and just have fun with it. So this guy's supposed to be better than Tony Hawk? Does he have his own video game or? I think that, to be honest, I, I think that he's, as far as medals go and complexity of tricks and stuff, because I used to watch him too, like back in 2013. I remember watching him with SLS, the skateboarding league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I mean, just his style alone just kind of seems better than Tony Hawk. But Tony Hawk's a great, so you can't really say that. You but know, the video game? So I or... will say this. They're, they're two completely <laughs> different styles, Rick. <laughs> Tony Hawk is uh, more like uh, a vert skateboarder. So he like created the 900 and everything like that, where uh, Ninja is uh, strictly more street skating. And that was what the competition was for the Olympics. And it basically started the first day. So the street skating, just like you think, like grinds, pops, anything, flip tricks with the skateboard. And those are very challenging as well. So you mentioned skateboarding is similar to gymnastics in that, like, the difficulty determines your score. But skateboarding seems so much more hang loose to me. Like, do they, are points deducted for little things like form like oh your foot was slightly off the board or like oh your knees were bent too much do they have that uh not not so much on the board and again i could be wrong we might need evan to fact check all of this right now but uh it's not like anything foot falling off the board or anything maybe if like you land the trick and you have to use your hands to help you stay on the board or anything like that you Mm -hmm. might get points deducted but, uh, I know. Yeah. The rule that your if your hands take if you have to shift majority of your weight to your hands when you land the trick 
isn't counted. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. like, when you fall to the ground, if that weight shifts to your hands more, that's a no land or whatever. So is that similar to snowboard scoring? I'm not sure. Oh. <laughs> that's the, I mean, it seems like it would be very similar, in my opinion, not knowing how to do either of those. But I have tried both of them, snowboarding and skateboarding. I'm horrible at both. So that's why I have no opinion, because <laughs> I just seem very hard. Well, you're, we started on gymnastics, and that's probably a good segue, because I think everybody, I feel like that's one of the most popular sports to watch in the Olympics, and that's something that I watched this year. Um, and I found it very interesting. I don't know why it dawned on me that a lot of the uh, um, men versus women's, uh, what they do, like I didn't realize how different um, they have to perform it. Like there's like a, for the floor routines, um, women, the, the women's side has to do like kind of like a choreography type stuff where the men don't, which is very weird to, to have, you know, right, right now, because, you know, it just doesn't make much sense to keep that in there. I looked at the history of, of why they have it in there. And it's, it stems back to like sexism back in the, in the days where the Olympics started. Um, so I feel like, kind of transferring over and, and having um, a mixture of the two. Um, it seems like two different sports right now. And I find that very interesting and in why it hasn't kind of streamlined into uh, more of a mixed um, sport rather than two separate ones. I don't yeah. know if you guys looked into that. No, I haven't. But that is a very interesting point, Evan. And it's interesting to me, too, because the whole point, like we talked about, is being able to perform difficult tricks and throw those skills on the mat. And so to add in a bunch of energy-wasting dance moves that aren't really the point just seems very strange to me. And I love watching gymnastics. I did gymnastics as a kid. But, like, it is. It's very strange how you just add in this dance portion when, one, it, like, doesn't really have anything to do with the sport or like the main things that you're scored on and that people want to see is not like the arm swoop up, you know, it's like, we want to see some double backflips, like twisting around, like, well, let's get crazy, you know? Yeah. Give the crowd what they want. <laughs> right. Let's get the people going here. We don't need just the little shimmies in between. That's not really, we don't care about that. <laughs> we need a change. The Olympics needs to make a change. Right. Which is, an interesting thing that we were talking about here, and I've mentioned to you, this to you guys in the past, but, like, you talk about the traditional Olympics and more of, like, I always think of traditional Olympics as more of gymnastics and basic track and field type events and things like that. And we were talking about how they do continually enter new events into the Olympics. And I always find it so interesting because some of these I'm like, I've never heard of this. <laughs> what is this? And some too, like, I had a strong opinion the other day about entering three-on-three -three basketball in the Olympics when there's already five-on-five -five basketball. Like, why would we play half court with half the amount of people when we already have regular basketball? It just seems, like, really pointless. But if anyone out there plays three-on-three -three basketball half court, it ha that has... <laughs> their opinion for me i would i'm very open to changing my mind okay i just don't get it <laughs> i'm not open to it it doesn't make much sense like we have full-on basketball why why would we have the 3v3 basketball what is the point of that 
Maybe it's for those lower populated countries. <laughs> we don't have five whole people to put on a team. We only have three, okay? Yeah, they, they have a lower percentage of athletes. I don't know. Something. It could be. There's got to be a good reason for it, but there's some, like, skateboarding. Like, you mentioned skateboarding is new, which I'm like, yeah, you definitely should have skateboarding. That is an extreme sport, and it's cool, and it takes a lot of athleticism, a lot of skill. But then you have something like three-on-three basketball where it's like, okay, we already had basketball. Like, we, you're just adding, like, pickup games into the mix, which so, I don't really think the Olympics was built for. Like, I played pickup softball last night, and I guarantee you none of us are qualified to play in the Olympics. I had to look it up, and apparently it was one of the most searched things. I typed in, why is 3v3, and the rest of it just filled in. Um, and it, it was... <laughs> Uh, it's the IOC's to uh, attempt to appeal to younger audiences. Aha. Uh-huh. So that's why I think it's pointless because I'm old now. <laughs> I don't Period. know. I, I, I still agree with you, Brooke. I think that the Olympics, uh, everything changes so often. And I, I think that they really do lack a lot of consistency in uh certain events and even this year alone uh there's been a ton of new olympic records just being shattered alone Mm -hmm. and uh in particular on uh track basically uh for the hurdles in particular i guess the track that was made by an italian company uh was made a little bit differently this year and there were some uh athletes that broke the the Olympic record by like three quarters of a second, which is insane. And uh, they've been reporting that they feel more energy given back to them as they're sprinting or jumping, whatever it may be. So I feel like they're like, personally, I think that there should be like more consistency with the Olympics, with the sports and with the events that they choose. So that way, not every year is like, breaking records or like obviously we want to see records broken and it comes down to the athlete's training style but we also would like to see some consistency which athletes compete and what events we usually see and I feel like they just keep adding stuff in events and it's getting to be a lot I feel like there's over right. like 50 different sports going on at any given time and it that devalues it to me. Like if you just know that any random game played on the street can be added into the Olympics at any time, it's just like, okay, well this isn't this isn't the sort of top stage that I imagine it to be and maybe I have this, you know, like dream vision in my brain of like these are the you know, the best of the best in all these official sports and you make a good point, Jake, like talking about this track and it, it's designed or it's technology and it is made to give more feedback, more bounce, more energy production back to the athlete, which begs the question, like one, you seem like you like it seems like you'd be pretty happy about breaking records and having, you know, this this greater energy given back to you. But two, like, do you really feel accomplished or proud if you know that the speed give was given to you by the technology of the track and not your own self necessarily you know like I don't know yeah. how I would feel about that like the consistency you mentioned is important but like just because my track or my 
platform is bouncier wouldn't make me feel better as an athlete that I like accomplished more. And yeah, and I felt like I heard this from the announcers that they were saying, "Oh, like the last Olympics, like a world record time would have been like twenty two seconds." And then they're like, in the qualifying rounds for the final, they're like, "If these girls don't get into twenty one, they're not qualifying for the finals." So it's we're already having having like a discussion that it's such a big difference from the last Olympics that it's it's completely throwing off all records and like if you look back in uh historical value it's kind of hard to compare and contrast and you have to stay more up to date mm-hmm. with like different events and then you'd hate for to see the next olympics they go back to the old track and then right. all the times are completely different yeah yeah so i i feel like it must be hard for the <laughs> athletes that and again a good point to kind of notice is these athletes are humans just like everyone else they typically do work a uh like a nine to five job or a 40 hour job week and then they go home and they train and they they not only have been training for four years they've been training for five years for these events and then for like the olympic committee to just kind of change up what they do and like what tracks they use and what events they add in and how they score it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it could be discouraging to a lot of athletes. Yeah. So, and do, do they put an asterisk next to that now? Um, you know, and they're in there for no fault of the athlete. Um, just, they showed up and that's what was there, right? They don't get a choice. But so there, is there an asterisk now? Oh, they had the fast track, you know? Right. Um, right. And it's an interesting sure. time to be, an athlete right now because of all the technology and there's so much sports science and technology based around athletics that it's you know you talk about like the track or what whatever they're using for their sport whether it's a ball or you get you know you got corked bats like what you know whatever obviously there's some things that would qualify as cheating right I'm not saying everybody should just run around barefoot with no equipment but it's an interesting Evan maybe it's an interesting time to be in a competitive athletic field because there's so much technology being developed to enhance that. And, like, to me, the technology or the knowledge that should be used should be enhancements in training the athletes versus, like, the modality, like, whatever they're using, whether that's, like, a ball, bat, track, piece of equipment that has some sort of new technology in it that makes them stronger, faster, better. Mm-hmm. So that just to me that like maybe I'm old school, but that does feel like more so cheating to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's entertaining to see athletes perform better and better, and I think the Olympics committee knows that. You know, like why not make things a little bit more exciting? Let's break more records. Can you imagine Olympics if no record was ever broken? Like if it was set at one point and it never gets broken again. Um, so I see that point, but going back to that original point you made, Brooke. We're looking for the best of the best. That should be the Olympians, right? We should see the best athletes compete. And we have sports and we have like all these things being added. But I think what we come back to the basics is that we want to see the most elite athletes perform um, against the uh, like other countries' most elite athletes and, and see who comes out on top. So if that means running barefoot or running like with just like basic shoes, I know Nike... I think this is in the last two, three years, they had like a shoe that was improving running 
um, improving times and, and something like that. I don't remember. I don't, I'm not that into running, but um, I remember there being an uproar about a shoe that Nike made and whether it was going to be allowed in competitions or not. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like those technology upgrades are great. But for the Olympics, I'd like to see kind of just flat out who is the best, who, where do they rank, you know, that kind of stuff. Because yeah. as we saw with Nyjah, like we want to see who can mentally overcome these obstacles, who can physically overcome these obstacles, not be aided by technology or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, Evan, too, and especially like on the branding aspect as well, because say uh, a lot of these Olympic athletes, they they make a majority of their money off sponsorships and uh, all those sponsorships help their training and say if they're not sponsored by Nike or one of the top companies they and they don't have uh, the ability to wear that next-gen technology on their feet or anything that can help improve their performance now they're at uh, a disadvantage to the other athletes and it's it's crazy to think about too because the Olympics are every four years. So a lot of times these athletes are only in their prime for one Olympics and can only compete in like a max of one to two uh, competitions in their life. So it's it could be really heartbreaking for these athletes to be put on a disadvantage or to only have one shot and not be able to perform because of X, Y, and Z. I think there's like an Olympian that uh, Olympian gymnast who's who's gone to three or four Olympics. She's she's competed in three or four Olympics or something like that. Has anyone seen that? I think she's in her like late forties or fifties. I feel like I I've heard about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. Like um, unheard of for a gymnast too, because they're typically very young. Yeah, I feel like I have to look this up. Yeah, look up the name. Going back to just how many, you know, new things they're adding, it'd be interesting to research and not to be cynical, but does the Olympic Committee bring in more money from the countries with the more teams they have participating? Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of cynical, but is that is that one of the reasons why they're in right. different sports? No, exactly. And you have to think of that, too, because us as viewers, which is another funny point, you know, like, we're just here being, you know, we just want to be entertained, but we're, we're like, oh, they have, you know, they're being given boosts and all this. And like, I'm sitting on my couch with a bag of chips being like, well, I could, <laughs> I could do ping pong. Like, I could compete at the, you know, like, and it obviously that is not the case, <laughs> but it's so easy to sit on your couch, watch someone run like a seven minute or a seven second hundred meter dash. And anyone who runs eight seconds, I'm like, wow, what a slow you know, that, that person's so slow. And it's like, I can't run a hundred in like 30 seconds. <laughs> it's like not even close. Right. So it's interesting. Cause you know, we just think of it in maybe a sort of way where we're like, Oh, you know, why are there all these extra things? Or like, why are they boosting these athletes? But if the motivation behind it is cash money, baby, then we know why. Right. Hey, we could put you on that new track and get you down to 29 seconds. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll run barefoot too, no cheating. <laughs> there there are things though too. Uh I know a lot of the athletes were complaining that uh the beds made in the the committee uh in the community were made out of cardboard 
and they were complaining that the it was like just a sturdy cardboard. But again, because we talk about health and fitness here, like again, you can't forget about your regeneration mm-hmm. and recovery. So that sleep is a huge aspect for these Olympic athletes, and they're in a completely different time zone from their normal country, and they're eating different foods that the bacteria might not agree with their stomach. So there's so many things that go into before they even step on the track, the field, the weightlifting platform that affect these performances. So Mm -hmm. just kind of like what Brooke said, it's easy to sit on the couch and judge, but there is a lot that goes into each event. And you have to remember that yourself before you even do any event yourself. Because Oh, yeah. And one of our colleagues at Exos, this reminds me, one of our colleagues at Exos talks a lot about being in a flow state where you you know, get into this mindset and this routine where things just go your way, right? Like you're in this zone, they call it, and mentally, physically, you just, things are happening correctly. And so that's another really interesting thing that, I mean, we won't talk about it today. I don't want to dive into it today, but a lot of these high, high, high level athletes have to be aware of the different environmental aspects that allow them to get into their flow state to optimally perform for their top stage too and I've always found that so interesting because I definitely feel like there's times when I've been in a state where things go well and go my way and I'm performing well I feel really good and then one small misstep could really throw that off and so you mentioned all these different things sleep recovery food nutrition whatever it it really the slightest tick off of your your flow state could really throw you into a whack yeah that's a really good point too because and I think it's easier for us as humans to notice when we're not flowing well and when we're not performing well and then we kind of build on top of that and kind of hit like uh bury ourselves into a deeper hole and kind of hit ourselves over the head because now we're just in such a negative mindset and Mm -hmm. it is important when things are going well usually they stay going well and you're performing well everything's working towards that right direction for you but it's important to if you're having a bad performance or you didn't have a good couple of days to just stop and reset and really reevaluate where you're at, where you want to go, and just make some small steps to stay consistent and get to your goals. Yeah, and can you just go into mindset with the athletes? Can you imagine the mindset that they have to maintain just to be able to get sleep the day before they're going to compete in the Olympics for the first time? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Oh, crazy. think about the nerves. Oh my goodness, how could you even calm down? I would need hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, someone hypnotize me to sleep, please. <laughs> I, I know uh, I saw some of uh, the track athletes, too. They they were performing so much that they were there in on the track up until, like, 11 or 12 at night, and then they had to be back at, like, 6, 7, or 8 in the morning the next day. So you talk about all this time and preparation for these couple events, and then you're also having so many other things like that you're combating against, not just like the mindset, but like the recovery time, like the different environment. 
just insane. Yeah, and all those all those things you worried about and worried all that time for, and it's over in a couple of seconds in some cases. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah, so true. Well, I know we're we're getting to the end here, you guys, but I did have one last question. Going back to me being a couch potato, yelling at athletes on the TV. What is one Olympic event that you guys feel like if you got the chance to participate in the Olympics, not that you would want to participate in, but that you think you could maybe perform in, like you could maybe handle it. Like, for example, I love volleyball, but I will never pretend that I would ever be good enough to play it on the Olympic stage. But I think I might be able to somehow finagle like shuffleboard. Um, you know, yes. like maybe I could by chance, like just play shuffleboard luckily enough that I could perform at the Olympics. So some winter Olympic uh, curling too. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. I sweep my apartment a lot. So I know that I could really do that one. Well, <laughs> I, actually, I actually heard that's crazy hard. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I'm uh, probably appropriate for any event. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that's tough. Um, so I, I would say, I'm not good. Like I, I play tennis and I played collegiate level tennis, but I don't think I would be even like able to touch the pros. So I'm going to go with badminton because oh. I feel like badminton and a lot of the skills kind of are connected. And I was actually really good at badminton, but I never played it like at, a, at that level. Okay, so I think yeah. Good choice. Not win, but get a couple points. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's thinking over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so hard, and I I know like all the time and effort like and these people devote their entire life for this one chance or these events. So I'm not. It's so hard to even think of like one event and say like even like the badminton like shuffleboard like curling anything like that still a ton of preparation and still insanely hard i guess i would just probably go with uh, uh if you were in like a like i'm imagining this is a this is a comedy movie right and you like accidentally performed well enough like you you tripped and you accidentally did well enough to get into the olympics and it was like that would never happen what do you or think it would be in Better yet, like, none of us think that we're going to win this thing. It's, right. It's more along the lines of, like, if you had, if, if the Olympic Committee was like, hey, Jake, you have the opportunity to compete in one sport, what would it be? What do you think you would do the best at? What or, would you not embarrass yourself at? Yeah. I think the only thing would be hockey. Like, oh wow! Yeah, that's done, a very hard one. You went, well, you went hard at just, it. Just, just, <laughs> you I, really I went knew, for it. I knew you guys were gonna say that. Oh my god! We I, were trying to pick simple things over I here. I know, and like my backup was gonna be track, and it's like, yeah, I'll be like a mile back while yeah. everyone's finishing. Yeah. So. Although, as far as track goes, that's actually a good choice because not that like any of us could ever compete, but at least everyone knows how to run not everyone but you know what I mean like it it's like something I've done before like if you were like Brooke go get on the balance beam and perform a routine I'd be like literally can't I can stand on top of it mm -hmm. but you know like we could if at least if I were to lose by a million miles I could physically run from one point to another but I might pull a hammy so <laughs> the announcers uh the announcers kept saying uh how tiny the balance beam was too 
So they were like, hey, for you folks at home thinking that this thing's a lot bigger than it actually is, take your phone out of your pocket and put it on the carpet floor and see how wide that balance beam is. I was like, wow, that is a really good point because Brooke brought up a good point. Everyone knows how to run, so they like can kind of evaluate, yeah, like I'm slow. Oh, I can't like run that fast or run that long. But for the balance beam, like, a lot of these girls are really small and, like, muscular and, like, they make it look so easy when it's actually an insanely small (laughs) platform. (laughs) We're all just shaking our heads, like, this conversation is one that should never have happened because we cannot perform. Yeah. I was like, Brooke, why would you ask that? It's just fun to consider, I think. I think about it every Olympics. I'm like, okay. Like, every event I watch, I'm like, all right. This one can't be that hard, right? And then they all are just extremely harder than you think every single time. How about Skeet, right? So we had American win the gold medal, I think, yesterday or whenever it was. Pretty cool, though. But conceivably, everybody could do that. It's hard, but... Yeah. 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 I think the question is, like, interesting. No one here is, like, claiming that they're they're going to place gold <laughs> or, like, get first in it, Jay. It's, it's more like a theoretical, like, what do you what do you think you'd survive in? You know, what do you... <laughs> survive it i mean it, it's definitely like i would never pick gymnastics gymnastics i think out of all the olympic sports i i i just wouldn't be able to do no and that's the other thing is like if i had to choose the one i wish i could be best at it would be gymnastics but the one least available to me as a human is gymnastics <laughs> like definitely or probably something like skateboarding or snowboarding because i mean having tried those I tried one time to skateboard to class in college from my house, probably six blocks, and I fell off maybe 37 times. I don't know. I basically was just walking beside it the whole time. The strong 37 times. <laughs> right. It was mostly just me walking and the skate- me running after the skateboard as it went down the street into across. <laughs> yeah. Which it's so funny, me being a skateboarder, when like ever you hit it like a rock or a pebble or a crack and you fall off, Typically, people laugh. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, if you ever want to really battle your mental toughness, pick up skateboarding, try and get good, and then when you fall in front of someone, just hop right back up on the board because it's hard to hop back on the board and not just pick it up and run away. (laughs) Yeah, and if you ever want some tips on skateboarding, come to the gym here because we like to watch Jake out the window at the skate park. (laughs) (laughs) What, you park there and jake you go you gotta start filming this you gotta see this jake yeah if you look out the windows here where we're at uh there's a skate park down at street level next to the river and jake has been spotted multiple times skating at the skate park before or after work and we will all gather around the window and be like look there he is there's jake <laughs> so feel free to join us for that anybody who uh who is near our site here. <laughs> yeah, guys, grab your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Olymp- That's a real Olympics that we're watching. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining for this just fun, lighthearted conversation today. We hope to be back to you guys next week with answering some important sleep questions. Uh, but make sure you attend our live sleep webinar this month as well as the next month. And we'll chat with you all later. Bye, guys.